broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. show on a libations friday of game week it is great to be with you appreciate you being with us loosey goosey edition of the program i'm jeff tom is in orlando set up at hooch's right now we'll bring him in in a moment director matthew in his seat here in tally i'm in studio in tallahassee at least for a couple of hours before i hit the road towards orlando as well welcome in good to have you on board always appreciate you if you're driving about be safe thanks for listening on 93.3 real talk fm good thing there also war chant tv we're all good good to have you pump for it got to watch uh the university of florida struggle last night against utah nice primer nice prime that's how you start a year everybody Watching that rushing attack, that feeble effort to run the football at 0.6 yards on the ground, that'll that'll hurt your feelings, especially when half of Utah's team was missing. Hey, no matter, no matter. Easy win as uh, Florida starts 0-1. Now, that's a booing effect, as we say. Schadenfreude's always nice, but it's not our main interest, right? What we're looking at is Florida State LSU and a conference that continues to make a fool of itself, but that's all right. You got to, you've got to buffer. You got to find a way to know. You know, we don't want to go the way of the Pac-12. It doesn't really matter at this point. Just start adding people nonsensically because we know Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson are out. We better add some damn teams. Just anybody will do. Literally anybody will do. Tell them they have to. They have to come in and not get any money, but they can. They can be housed. They can be housed. So. That's how that goes. We'll touch on all that. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, going to join us as he's wont to do on the Libations Friday and has for over, what, 20 years, something like that. Good times. He will join us uh, as well. All right, Tommy, give me the layout as we start to get set up for Orlando. I'm glad you made it there safely. I'll be heading that direction post-show. Bar looks cool. All bars do. All bars do. What, What do you got there for me? All right, so I got the hooch. This mm-hmm. is where we're at. Right now, technically, they're not open, but they're going to welcome fans of the show here early. They actually have bartenders coming in early if you want to stop by. I saw some folks in the chat this week that said they wanted to come by from 1 to 3. So this is downtown. It's the Wall Street Plaza. Behind me, I'm going to duck my head. Mm-hmm. See I in see the corner it. Of the bar, they, they call that the moon man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the moon man has uh, vapor smoke that comes out of him on command. Nice. Uh, that's a decent setup. That's also going to be your stage for tomorrow, I do believe, uh, is the three of you are going to be in that little old old school, like a jalopy mm. state. 
And uh, right now they're doing a lot of stuff for the block party. It, this is basically when all the roadies are here setting up. I might have a seizure with some of the light tests they're doing out there on the stage to my left. There's also going to be a sound, check, a, a sound check of some awesome country music in the 2 p.m. hour. Hopefully you get to hear that in the background. Yeah, it's fine. Hopefully I do get to hear it in the background. It's a good setup. I'm excited to get over there. I've got a weird night traversing the state, headed to Gainesville for my son's football game, and then back over to Orlando after that game concludes. But I'll be there, buddy. You save a cold beer for me upon arrival, and I will join the party as we get set. It is a reminder to everybody that are making their way. First of all, thanks for listening. I know a lot of you are listening right now as you traverse. Uh, Drive safe. I know there's a lot in the way of... Uh, vehicles on the road, uh, yep. both because of the the game itself, but also because uh, there's still a lot of work to be done in cleanup and fixing power lines and you know the whole thing, getting debris off the roads. So it's it's a little congested, a little weird, but you'll get there. Take your time. Exhale, as my wife tells me all the time. Yeah, you got to lock it in in three places if you're leaving from our home city or west of it. Around mile marker 240s, nasty. I-75 has a lot of Louisiana drivers who don't really care in, in uh, conjunction with a, a long weekend, a holiday weekend on the roads, and then the turnpike is a turnpike. So this is a, that's a drive to lock it in. Games last night. Let's touch on them real quick, and then I'll give you my perspective as we start today's show regarding this Florida State-Florida game. We've worked our way through an entire summer, gotten to this place, and now we think about you know, Florida State, LSU, what it means and, and kind of contextualizing that football game. Uh, that Utah team, which you guys know if you listen to the Jeff Cameron show, is a team that has won me a lot of money, is a team that I picked to win the Pac-12 two years ago and again last year, is a team and a program that I respect immensely. So when I say this, understand where it's coming from. That's not that great a football team. Not this year. Not with all of the people missing that they were missing. And they were missing upwards of seven or eight bona fide starters, including their starting quarterback and their best defensive player. To watch that team be able to shut down Florida's rushing attack, which is what Billy Napier wants to do, and frankly what you have to do when you have one really good receiver, a good running back, and, you know, Graham Mertz is your quarterback. That, that, that you got to be able to run the ball, and they could not run the ball last night, not even a little bit. And I think if you're a Florida fan, you have to think to yourself for a second, you just lost to a Utah team that's not going to be a great version of what the Utes typically are. That's where it's unsettling. That and the number of penalties that revealed an unpreparedness that was remarkably similar to that of Willie Taggart, and that's why that's trending online. Oh, sure, at the end of the day, you could try to convince yourself, despite a 30.4 QBR rating for Mertz, that the 333 passing yards are real. But they're not. All of those came well after the game was over. It was 24-3. It was 24-3 and the game was over, and you had 21 carries for 13 yards. You had to throw it on every down. It was over, and so you amassed a bunch of garbage yardage well after the game was over. This is a nightmare scenario for Florida fans. That's objectively true right now. Could he turn that around? Could they be better? Will they be better down the road? It's hard to believe they won't be better than they looked last night. Will they be good? No. And the East has gotten better. Florida, you're in trouble. Utah, you may be in trouble. That wasn't a great 
performance last night. It was a dreadful second-half performance from Utah. Luckily, though, they dominated the line of scrimmage, and really Florida at no point was a threat offensively to come back in this football game. The other game of note last night was roll your eyes and think to yourself, my God, Nebraska, how? How again? How again, Nebraska? Sweet Jesus. You controlled that entire game. That's a terrible Minnesota team. Guys, if you're looking for betting information, and you are, go ahead and fade Minnesota for much of this season. That offense, putrid. A program that I think is about to trend in the wrong direction. Nebraska. Mm. I do think if I'm going to argue for two teams, the one that won to go on and have a poor season and the one that lost to go on and have a better season, this is the game. Nebraska will get better than they were last night. They're not good, obviously, but they'll be better than that. There's already signs they've cleaned up some things. But, man, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory is just what Nebraska's done now for years, and it happened again last night, Tommy. Yeah, that's the sense I got was that there was a calibration going on for Matt Rule. It looked like they were going to win while he was calibrating, but they're, they're still figuring out what they can and can't trust Jeff Sims with, and the answer is they can't trust him very much at all if mm-hmm. he's going to throw the football. Uh, with Utah, I mean, if you're Florida, that is the perfect – scenario that you could draw up for going on the road in this in this situation. Cam Rising doesn't play. They're missing a ton of their starters. Seven others, in fact. Their, their linebacker goes down early in that stud game. Stud linebacker. And they, and they immediately, yeah, stud indeed. They, they immediately turned it into a big play because they confused the, the fill-in. He didn't, wasn't communicating. They threw behind him. But the moment I knew that this could get kind of fun, and I wish I just had a little bit more, um, maybe I lived in a different state for the night to hammer live wagers. Uh, was when Kirk Herbstreet remarks early on, I'm very surprised the way they're using Graham Mertz. They're rolling him out. They're moving him around in the zone read game. Yeah, it's because they can't run the ball between the tackles, and they knew that going in. At all. And they knew it going in, but yet they have to do it. It has to be their M.O. because they can't rely on Graham Mertz to sling it around a lot and hope to get a victory. That ain't going to happen. So they knew going in they couldn't block Utah, Good luck blocking the rest of the SEC. Uh, And they knew that because they didn't have a rushing attack, they couldn't really ride the arm of Graham Mertz. I mean, that's it's funny to say out loud. This is, ooh, ooh, this is that, oh, man. I remember doing this, Tom. We did this. This is why you don't feel sorry for Florida at all. Because we did this. We were there. There were no tears shed by rivals when we were there, nor should there be. That's the nature of the game, baby. You're now down. We're on the way up. You got to wear it now, Florida. This is how it works. And you will. With that outfit, with what we're watching right now, you will wear it a lot. That had to have been the hideous realization for Florida fans last night. Oh, no. We're not any good at all. And we don't have an eraser. Like, at least last year, every once in a while, Anthony Richardson would do something superhuman and give you a chance to win a game. Makes sense, given that he's a top five pick in the NFL draft. He was a freak. So every now and then, that freak of nature would do something that nobody else could do. And you'd go, well, they do have that. And if he shows up and plays like that, they could beat anybody. But he's gone. Now you got Graham Mertz and nothing else. Pearsall, that's what you got. You got one kid at receiver and a bunch of bums. It's going to be awesome. 
usually as I drive down south or northbound on 75 past Gainesville, I extend the middle finger as I go by the three or four exits, Archer and all the other ones. Today, I just kind of smirked as I drove by. I didn't, I didn't extend the middle bird. I just, I just kind of smirked. I was like, whew. Because the thing I, I admired about last year's Florida team was even in a game against Georgia where Georgia started quick and then it, kinda, it was kind of a mess from that point on. I just admired how committed Florida was to trying to be tough on the ground and running the football. Like I could see what Billy Napier was trying to do. This is what we're going to be about. You could feel that identity being established. Even in the face of you probably should have featured Anthony Richardson's skill set more. Like I, I get it. That's the long game. But they can't do what he wants to do. They can't be what he wants to be about. And it's awesome. It's, it's great. truly awesome. I I was sitting back going, oh man, that's that feeling of hopelessness. That yeah. devoid of hope moment is something you want to see in a rival's face. You just when you see it with Miami, it usually happens early in the year. When you watch Miami after they've convinced themselves they're back, and then, you know, the games are played. And so you get to about week four or five, and there's that inexplicable, we just gave up 700 points to Middle Tennessee State moment in front of nine people. And all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, man, I really thought this time it was different. (laughs) And it's not, you know, and then they're just sort of the, what do we do? How do we act tough? No, I mean, we're used to being very, very verbose. We like to tell people how strong and tough we are, and we suck again. Damn it, man. That's my identity. That's how I get through the week is pretending I'm, you know, a badass. And now, again, I'm not. So that's what Miami has to do all the time. And Florida now watching that wash over their face that, ooh, this fix is a little bit uh, more involved than I thought. This is going to be, I mean, we are 12 and 18 in our last 30. One of those wins is against FAU. A couple of them are against FCS foes. Several of them were by three points or less. You know, in reality, we could be a really, you know, we could be like 9-21 and 21 if we think about it honestly in our last 30. This is going sideways in a hurry, and I thought Billy was going to be the guy, and I don't know, this is starting to look like the, he won't be able to get out from under the weight of our suck. Yeah, mm. there are two things that are coming, I think, this season for Florida, other than losses, because there will be a lot of those. Uh, please respect my decision season for Florida. A lot of their recruits are going to be posting notes from their iPhone and saying, please respect their decision because they're <laughs> opening up their options. Uh, and I think that one's going to be maybe something that Florida State poaches on a little bit. But the second thing, if I'm Billy, at some point here, maybe in the next two weeks, let alone October, the, whatever youth you have, do you just go with the youth movement? This ain't going to work, man. That was not a good performance from Utah last night. It's not going to get better for you. You might as well rally around the freshmen and the sophomores you have and let them, you know, take their licks and then hopefully come out the other side of it. I, I think it's already DEFCON 1 for them. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do. I, I think if you're uh, – the only other thing I'll say is if you're Napier, I think you realize uh, – you you know, or if you're a Florida fan, I guess you got to realize this. I don't know how you – gonna handle it because in the interim no, nobody's nice on the internet guys nobody's nice on the internet maybe keep away from the the twitter sphere and uh don't cross into that realm because you're not gonna like the comparisons you're reading today you're not gonna like those wonderful frozen snapshots that far away look on napier's face and the after game presser as he drinks water 
trying to <laughs> trying to think. He he's he's deciding how long can I pause before I answer this question the way I need to, and it's just that we've seen it. We saw it. I remember that I just saw a ghost look on Willie's face and Mike's face after the Jacksonville State game. That look of, my God, I'm required to stand up here and answer questions after that. That's that look. And everybody knows it. You know, like if you're a fan of that team and that program and you've invested in that guy, you almost want to hug him and be like, all right, look, man, we got to buck up here, soldier. Now, this isn't good, but you can't look like that. Don't give me the take a look at me now Phil Collins trick here. We can't do it. No, brother, I, I know that look all too well because as the Jacksonville <laughs> State game ended, I had to climb 17 steps up to my office, sit down, and with Gene Williams be the face of the fan base for the you know next half an hour until there was a press conference. That look was on my face. It was, really? So, West Durham has one of the calls of his life for Jacksonville State beating Florida State. What a mm. night for West. Not a great night for us. It'll hurt your feelings, but that's okay. You know, what ends up happening is this is about the time where if you are a diehard Gator, you say to yourself, you know, there's more to life than football. You know, I've got a good family and friends, and uh, I've got a lot of yard work to do on Saturdays, and there's just, you know, it takes time. And I don't get wrapped up. My identity is not wrapped up in this stuff, man. I'm not so involved like the rest of you losers. Oh, so your team's good. I've had good teams. That's the t- that you got to go through that now. It's called yeah. self-loathing. Go through it. Go th- get it through. It's cathartic. Yeah, if they've got golf stores in Ocala or Gainesville or Jacksonville, and I'm sure they have many, sales are about to go up because I think <laughs> a lot of Gator fans are going to say, "You know what? I am going to buy that new driver." You know, I'm I'm not going to spend the money on this on the parking and the concession. Just get me the new driver. I'm going to go play on Saturdays. It's the conversation between two Florida fans this afternoon. It wasn't as bad as it looked. You know, a couple red zone mistakes, some key penalties on third and short really cost us this game even though they don't believe it. And then the other guy says, and, and you, know, you know what, if they're bad, again, like I told you before, we knew it was a lengthy rebuild. You knew that, Bob. And I said last year I was going to get better from 150 in. Now, you know, I never really did. I never really did. I went to every home game last year. I went to three away games. You know that, Bob. We went together. You know, I'm going to take the time understanding what kind of rebuild we have here in Gainesville. I'm getting a little better from about 150 in. Let's go play a little golf. I'm going to hit these new irons. It's going to be all right. Lee Sterling will join us, and he'll join us very, very soon with his picks for the week. It's Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me (laughs) 
Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Check the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, Libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the program. Tom's in Orlando, setting it up there. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, about three minutes, two minutes, something like that, whatever. Pretty soon. I know that. Pretty soon. A few minutes. He'll join us as he's wont to do. By the way, the game's TCU, minus 20 and a half against Colorado. Clemson, minus 13 against Duke. UNC, minus two and a half against South Carolina. Miami, Florida. Minus 17 versus Miami of Ohio. LSU, uh, minus two and a half against FSU. And the free play will be uh, Louisville and Georgia Tech. We'll get to his picks uh, in a short amount of time, and we'll do so gleefully because it means football's back if you needed further reassurance. Yes, we survived together. So what does it mean for Florida State and uh, the rest of the ACC regarding expansion? Well, just another reason to do the palm, the face palm, the palm of the forehead that says, what? What, are, what, what in the world are we doing? This, this is comical. But it is, I think, obviously, a little bit of a get out in front of our debacle stretch for everybody in college football. What has happened to college football is awful. But it's kind of comical as you as you watch the the musical chairs play out now. So you know, Stanford and Cal and <laughs> sure, let's let's bring him into the ACC. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, but that's where we're at after the latest. And um, the additions don't do anything to truly. Shrink the gap of what is going to be a nightmare for uh, the schools that plan on playing big boy football. But, you know, you you get SMU, for example, desperate to be housed, and they agree to waive media rights revenue for seven years. There's pennies on the dollars for the California schools. The uh, windfall, it will not be. And... You know, you you sense, I think, if anything more, that Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina in particular are the ones that are now further emboldened by um, what happened here. That they, they, they now, more than they even wanted to before, 
uh, are looking for that emergency parachute, that exit, that somehow we've got, this is nonsensical. But if you're the ACC, what you're saying is, I don't want to go the way of the Dodo, which is what has happened to the Pac-12. So, you know, those the Big Ten and the Big 12 got bigger, and, you know, there was the hope that you could you could somehow convince Florida State, you could convince Clemson, you could convince North Carolina, and maybe if you could convince Notre Dame to join in football, that somehow you could hold on to this thing and patch it together and give yourself some semblance of a chance to compete. But that fell through, too, and so this does feel exactly like you think it feels, which is a desperate move and a really nonsensical move. It's not really worth all that much to discuss, quite frankly. It's uh, not surprising, very desperate, and somewhat hilarious. There he is. He's here. Let's get to football. Let's have fun with this. It is Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Another year, sir. How many years? I think it's 20 or something insane like that that we've been together. It probably is 20. I mean, we were, what, in uh, junior high when we started doing this? <laughs> <laughs> called, remember when it was called junior high? Yeah, 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 dude. Oh, I, I'll say junior high sometimes. My kids are like, no, it's middle school. Yeah. Well, you're slight. I think you're just. Are you a year or two older than me? I think yeah. you are. I think you are. I'm See, I think six, you. You, you, you. Ready for this? I turned sixty. Oh, you're a robust eight years older than me. We had already come around the turn and called it middle school. No wonder you're still stuck on junior high. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but you look great, sir. And let's get to uh, let's get to the fun. We hey, real quick, can we have fun together on this part of it? Yep. How bad did Florida look last night, sir? Holy <laughs> if, Billy, if they don't improve, I, I, they, there's a chance they might cut them loose, right? They they look as discombobulated as Florida State did under Willie. Like that was a oh, blank show bad. right there. That was there all the penalties and the mass confusion. You know, I had a feeling that they were headed for trouble last night when he named. Graham Mertz, you know, Ethel's son. Do you get the joke? Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah, from uh, I Love Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Graham was named the starter after like two practices, I'm like, wow. <laughs> he thinks that little of Jack Miller. So he is not good. The only th- the only position where they're decent is running back and receiver. I got like four pretty good receivers. Problem is they got to find a quarterback or they're in trouble. And the line, that offensive line, Mm. I, I, I think I saw about 20, 25 lookout blocks. It was um, it was kind of a confirmation of what we thought when right. Mertz became the guy. We kind of sensed that mm, this is not going to go well. They've got to be able to run the ball, and they couldn't. And once they couldn't, you could guess that this was over five minutes into the game. And just a matter right. – and that's not – by the way, that Utah team was riddled with injury, missed seven or eight starters, lost a starter yeah. that's a stud on lineback- at linebacker early in the game. I thought to myself, Utah's second half was terrible. I'd be a little worried if I was Utah moving forward, and yet they easily handled Florida. That's something. That is – Not just the – Two starting quarterbacks. They're missing a tight end that might go in the first or second. Round. Correct. Yes. Yeah. They. They. Yeah. All right. So now everybody wants to know. Speaking about resurrection and reclamation projects, right. Deion Sanders has got one at Colorado that he chose. He could have gone to USF. Could have gone other places. Mm-hmm. He went to Colorado, and now we'll see. He's tried to revamp this roster. 
I understand yep. that what he's done is untraditional, but he has to do it. I also don't think it's going to work, not this year. TCU minus 20 and a half. What say you? If you're a coach like Sonny Dykes, most of these coaches take some 15, 20 years to become a head coach. They don't take too kindly for, to someone getting Division One coaching job that quickly. So I think they're going to want to put a number on him. Chandler Morris was a starter last year at TCU, but he got hurt in the first game, or else, you know, he would be a guy maybe everyone's talking about. And how bad are things to kick Colorado? Well, his son's going to be throwing to three transfer receivers, two who were at USF. So um, that and one of the kids from Jackson State, I, I don't see it here. I think they're going to lay a number on him. TCU, 58, Colorado. 14. Clemson minus 13 against Duke. Duke was an interesting and fun story a year ago, and I like Elko, and I think they'll play a good brand of football for Duke. Is Clemson back to being Clemson, or is this the game where we kind of look at this and say, man, there's something still off about that program, or do they steamroll? Do you know Clemson quarterback? Uh, Cade Klubnick? Cade Cade Klubnick, do you know he almost ended up going to Texas A&M? Did you ever hear that story? I did not. I'm I'm not surprised, given that he was really well thought of. So he wanted to go there. He got the offer uh, to go to A&M the same day they ended up giving it uh, to Connor Wegman, who's now their starter. Mm-hmm. And Wegman jumped on it. And then when, when, when Klubnick heard that, he was like, okay, well, let me go to, to plan B here. I don't want to, you know, go head-to-head with this kid. And turned out pretty well, and I think that, that he's going to come out this year. Now, the hype would be bigger if they won that bowl game last year in the Orange Bowl, but the problem was they turned the ball over, and, and I thought he played well in that game. They just could not hold on to the ball. I like the hire of Garrett Riley I do too. as their offensive coordinator. He's someone they needed. Their wide receivers are starting to develop. And what's the one big weakness for Duke? Cornerback. They got some problems at cornerback. I like Clemson. I rarely will lay double digits on the road, but I like Clemson here. I think they win and cover 34-20. North Carolina minus 2.5 against South Carolina. One of the better games that we want to watch this weekend, one that I think everybody was excited to take in. Um, Always kind of a good litmus test here for these two programs. North Carolina, given the 2.5, what say you? Yep. So when I first looked at this game, the way the teams finished, I'm like, this is a South Carolina call. And then – I, I looked at South Carolina's defense. They only returned four starters. I think their front seven is going to be really weak. And I think South Carolina needs some semblance of a running game to be successful for Spencer. And they lost Marshawn Lloyd. He ended up tra- uh, transferring out. So these are both two good quarterbacks that can really spin it. Just think that Drake may, even with some young receivers, probably rates the edge here. Uh, as good a passer, and he ran for 698 yards, Rattler. That's 46 yards. And Rattler is much more turnover-prone, throwing interceptions. 12 interceptions last year to Mays, seven interceptions. I'm, I'm going to take uh, North Carolina. I know South Carolina won in the 2021 Mayo Bowl, but I think they exact that revenge here for that 38-21 loss. North Carolina, 34-24. All right, Miami of Florida has to have a better year or else we're going to be talking about uh, our guy Cristobal, much like we're talking about Billy Napier. Uh, he makes a bunch of changes. I interviewed him uh, at the ACC kickoff. He seemed confident in those changes. Uh, Van Dyke, I interviewed him at the ACC kickoff. He was excited to play. A, how's his health? They're giving 17 to Miami of Ohio. They should win this game. I would think comfortably. Do you agree? No. Ooh, uh, I think ooh. they're going to win. 
I think the my now here's so I went to to one of the scrimmages where they scrimmaged eight of the fourteen periods, and I saw a lot. I think they're a much better team than last year. What happened last year when they lost to Texas A and M? Everyone thought, okay, they'll build on it. They'll be better in the red zone. Then all of a sudden, Tyler Van Dyke gets hurt. They had injuries, and they just spiraled. I mean, out of control. It was awful. They were non-competitive. But they have an offensive line now that looks like an offensive line is close. They're not there as far as like being an SEC offensive line, but they got the kid Cohen from Alabama, mm-hmm. the kid from UCF. So they're much better there. They have two tackles that are monsters. Uh, they're gonna. I think they got to run the ball fall here. You know, TBD has a thumb problem. I think we're gonna see four backs. We're gonna play eight, nine receivers here. Restrepo's good. The kid that might take it to the next level is Colby Young, six four, six five kid. He might be an NFL receiver. They're gonna have some success running against the Miami of Ohio defensive line. Has a nose tackle that's two sixty five and two defensive ends that don't even approach two fifty here. But they get takeaways. Plus 11 in turnover ratio here. I think Miami's not going to show much here. I think they're going to slowly get better as the season unfolds. Next week is the game. They have to win. That's a must-win game. They don't win that game. They're back to 30,000 at the game. So I like Miami to win 31-20, but I'm taking Miami of Ohio to cover. By the way, your concern, I would think, for uh, the University of Miami is corner, right? Nothing there? Absolutely. They have about five guys that – would be like third corner. Yeah. Most teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, 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 good observation. Yeah. Corner, corner's lacking. This should be a great game. It was a fun game last year. I think both teams got a lot better as the year went on. I think both teams are going to be able to move the football. I want to hear your thoughts on this LSU team that's favored by two and a half over FSU. Both added a lot within the transfer portal. There seems to be a sense that this could be another classic like it turned out to be last year. What are your thoughts on that game? Wise, I think it's going to be a fun game. I thought in that game last year, I thought Brian Kelly, as far as the head coach, had no idea what he was doing. He was just, it was a typical coach, first game with a team, and he made some in game mistakes, and it cost his team. I think both quarterbacks are fun to watch Jordan Travis and Jaden Daniels. I will say this, though, I think Jaden Daniels is a little bit better passer and maybe a little bit better runner. He can get red hot. If he's cold, you know, this might be one of those cases. I'm personally not betting the game before the game, but halftime, if he looks good, Daniels is one of these guys you want to back. If he looks bad, he is horrific. But uh, Florida State got, I thought, a few breaks last year. You know, they were more the hunter coming off the 5-7 and seven season. Uh, they got to play five backup quarterbacks. Tough game to predict. I, I like LSU 34-30, but wouldn't shock me if it goes either way, but slightly into LSU. Fun game. Uh, obviously, yep. uh, the folks around here will shudder to hear that prediction, but uh, I, I think Florida State's offense will be a top-five offense in the country. Uh, Jordan came along so far as a passer last year, and if that, and he, they gave him more weapons now. So this should be – I, I kind of look at that game as a shootout. Who's your free play, Lee? Yep. Free play we're going to go with is Louisville and Georgia Tech. Tonight, you want to get the game for free. i got a strong opinion on the game. Just call 800-400-9741. Check out the new website. We upgraded the website, added some features. We are celebrating our 30th anniversary, 30 years in business this weekend. And uh, 
Uh, you want to come on board? Great weekend. I mean, we're already three and zero to start college football. We uh, have a UFC fight, a fifty-unit max wager. We are fourteen and two on these forty to fifty-unit max wagers. There, the last seven months, uh, football. You want to try a month out? Use coupon code Save One Hundred. $397, or you can get everything through the Super Bowl. That's college football regular season, NFL regular season, 44 bowl games, NFL playoffs, and the Super Bowl, just 1197 with coupon code SAVE300. That works out to less than $200 a month. One place, Paramount Sports. And I just want to say, Jeff, thank you know what, football's back. I can't take any more soccer. <laughs> well, you won't have to now. I'm, for... I'm excited with me- Messi. That, that was great news. I can't watch a full soccer game. You, you I can. I, I grew up playing it. I can watch, but I and I like did it. But play, I did you play soccer in high school? I did. Well, not in high school. No, I stopped when I got to high school because I was playing everything else. Uh, but I, yeah, I played all. Well, I was six years old till I was fourteen. Yeah, and I loved it. Okay. And my brother played college soccer. Two brothers did. Oh, okay. So, but, right. but 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 that said. I don't like it more than I football. appreciation for it, Jeff. I mean, I started 44 games in high school, a total of three goals as a right winger. That's it. So maybe that's why our team wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Be well. Enjoy the football, sir. Yeah, you too. Take right, care. Take yeah. care, Paramount Sports. I don't think, by the way, I don't think Lee meant that Jaden Daniels is a better passer. I think he thinks that Jaden Daniels got better as a passer. That was a misstep. Now, I... If he does think that, uh, we're going to have an argument because I don't. Lee Sterling played quarterback. Uh, Lee played quarterback in college, small college, but he did. There's no way he thinks Jaden Daniels is a better passer than Jordan Travis. So I think that was a misstep. I think he was trying to tell you that uh, Jaden has gotten better as a passer, which, by the way, has been a talking point out of the LSU camp. Now, what you never know about those things is, is that wishful thinking? Is that what we hope to be true? If that's the case, then fine, you know, that you try to talk yourself into those things. But there's no evidence of that from last year that he is a better passer than Jordan Travis because he most certainly wasn't. Uh, he is, however, an electrifying scrambler, and you can make a case for him as being uh, one of the best, if not the best in the country at that. Thankfully, so is Jordan Travis. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, guys, our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning. When I wake up, I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to uh, – all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. 
Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. They were going to meet on a Rocky Mountain street to bashful hearts Thanks to Lee Sterling. Paramount Sports selections went TCU, gave it 20.5, gave Clemson minus 13, gave North Carolina minus 2.5, took Miami of Ohio plus 17, took LSU. Free game, if you're going to go check out ParamountSports.com, was Louisville minus 7.5 against Georgia Tech. So I will say, uh, last year we talked a lot about what are these two teams, what's at stake, who was what. And what we expect to see, there's Tom. I hear him in the background. All right, he's back with us. Uh, And I wanted to go to something here that, look at advanced stats, look at what Florida State was during the win streak. And during the win streak, Florida State average, and we're talking about the the end-of-the-year win streak, 42.2 points per game and 7.1 yards per play during that winning streak. They were first nationally in points per drive, 3.6. First in scoring drives per game, 6.7. Second in yards per drop back, 8.8. Second in three and out rate, and third in gains of 20-plus yards per game. So they became juggernauts in the second half of the season. They were ninth in red zone touchdown rate nationally. They were incredibly efficient. They never seemed to fall off schedule, and they were forcing far more three and outs than they were suffering and therefore they dominated field position. You can go find more of those kinds of numbers commonly provided on ESPN.com. But I, in reading that, I was thinking about what they were and what LSU became and how you see this matchup. And you can certainly argue about the quest for big plays and the likelihood of who gets more stops. Tom, who gets more stops, by the way, just out of curiosity, uh, in this game, is this a case where LSU's defense came into its own as the season went on and obviously uncovered the fact that they have a dominant freshman who's now going into his sophomore season? They brought in an awful lot of talent, and therefore this will be tougher sledding for Florida State's offense this year than it was a year ago? Or is it Florida State that obviously played this game in, in, in a way that uh, didn't feature many of the guys they're depending on uh, throughout this season on the defensive line. It's kind of a coin flip in that argument. Yeah, the argument's a coin flip, but the thing I'd say about Florida State's offense relative to LSU's offense is that they're operating on all uh, all cylinders at all positions. And LSU, I don't know that they have a game-breaking running back. Well, they didn't a year ago. They don't now, yes. They don't have the verticality in the offense. At least it hasn't been proven. You could say what you want about Jaden Daniels' passing ability if you're Lee, whether or not you believe that. But... The deep shots, that's not as big of a part of LSU's offense as Florida State. you got to defend the whole field when Florida State's offense is out there. you got to defend Trey Benson, Jordan's legs, the deep passes, the underneath passes, now the seam in a way you never had to before with Jaheim Bell. And let's not kid ourselves, too, a fully healthy Winston Wright and Destin Hill. So because it's so much harder to defend Florida State, I think that puts FSU in a position where Jordan Travis has easier reads pre-snap. He's going to make fewer mistakes. Therefore, I think Florida State's defense will make more stops than LSU because Florida State has to worry about a couple less things. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I would say that if you're worried about Florida State's defense, it's the exact same worry that you had a year ago. Can an offense, any offense, and in this case, obviously LSU's offense, you mentioned the intermediate throws that they thrived on last year, LSU did. Well, can you exploit Florida State's linebackers in coverage? I think a lot of teams did a year ago, and I think that that will be the goal here, and I worry about it. I think it's a legit worry. That's where LSU's offense lives. In the intermediate, exploiting linebacker play in coverage. I think they have an opportunity to do that. I think Florida State, meanwhile, can do something they did a year ago, which is stop the run early on against LSU. They're probably better equipped to do it this year than they were even last. And if they do that, once again, you're going to have to turn if you're LSU and rely on Jaden Daniels to beat you from the pocket for the most part. And if that has to happen, I don't like LSU's chances. So you can see the two concerns for these two teams. You can make the arguments for how either gets exploited. It's why you have this game being close into the second half. It's just a matter of whether you think Florida State ends up hitting on more big plays and who creates more turnovers. Yeah, agreed. And and Florida State has been so much better about creating turnovers all camp long. But I think it also boils down to something. We talk about this with our number one concerns for Florida State, and that's, you know, for you and I on offense, it's the interior of the offensive line, specifically in pass protection. And the answer to that for me is always, well, if Braden Fisk looks as good against LSU as he does in camp, then I don't know that I'm that worried about our pass pro, because that, that's more about Braden Fisk than it is the deficiencies of FSU's offensive line. So I'll take that point and I'll run with it as we talk about the two defenses. If Florida State's defensive line is as good as it has looked at points in camp against LSU and against Clemson, then this is an elite defensive line. And if you have an elite defensive line, you're going to make a ton of stops just because you have so many options that you can do with the back seven. Now that you only need to worry about three and four man rushes on every play. Yeah, I, I it, it, this is the, the, the thing you can't know because you only watch your own team. And, and this is how we keep coming back to it, right? LSU fans can't know certain things about their school if they're covering that team because they're only covering them and covering them in practice. And we're only covering Florida State. And that's why they play these things. You want to see where are you better? Where did you take a step forward or a step back? And what can be exploited? This, this ends up serving a bit as a blueprint. It's just such a critical game. That's why coaches – generally speaking, don't like to play games like this. You don't want to play this game, game one. Most of the time, you don't. Your university went for a money grab. You decided to take it. It's fun for us as fans. It's great for us as fans. It's great for the college football-loving world that this game is on. But coaches don't want to do this because you're figuring out these things that are going to dictate terms for your season against an elite foe on both for both sides. And you, you almost can't trust what you learn uh, in practice going into a game like this because, again, you have not seen an opponent that is capable of exploiting these things. That's why you like to ease into it with a team that give you a little bit of a test, a little bit something different, but not a team that's an actual threat to beat you. Yeah, now this is not breaking news to anybody. I don't think it would be after the quality of football we saw last night, but I think you would agree with me and you would speak confidently in saying that You didn't see anything last night in games that counted that looks like the upper end of what practice did this this whole camp. Like There's no unit out there on offense or defense last night where you say, that kind of plays against what what I've seen in camp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. So if you're just trying to compare and find those apples and apples as we see more teams roll out and make their debut, I have yet to see one where I say, that looks similar to what I've watched the whole of August. No, and you won't unless you see an elite offense. 
Uh, you you won't because floor, we I, I that is something I was asked the question during the war chant report and we're getting ready to go to break and hit hour number two here in a second. Uh, what what's one thing you can hang your hat on? And same question was asked to Ira. I mean, look, every one of us that has covered this team and these practices came out of this saying the same thing. Look, we'll see how much better we are on defense. Who's going to be a star in that secondary? Who steps up? Same thing with you know, are we better? Uh, in the interior of the defensive line, sure looks like it. But these are tests. These are all things we still have to see. We, uno, none of us, uh, really w- were sheepish in any way about ex- you know exclaiming that the, the Florida State offense is going to be elite. It, it, it is. It's, I, I did just have too many weapons with a veteran quarterback and a good enough offensive line, right, and a very good play caller. There's no reason to believe that they won't be great. That's the one thing you can feel very good about. And so on display last night around the country was no elite offense. That is true. There was nothing that looked like what Florida State's offense is going to be. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 